0: Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, filling in here on the Extra Point Show. It's so funny when you sing along with songs that we play from the back.
2: Oh yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I like, do it all the time. I do it all the time.
0: It's
1: it's hilarious. Like no one else here does that. I actually no, I think Joe does it a little bit. Yep. I do, you it, you do almost, it very much. I do it almost
0: every if I know the song, I will sing along to it. <laughs> that is the UB fight song, and coming up here now on the West Her Hotline, newest UB head coach Pete Lembo joins the show. Coach, good morning. How are we doing this today?
2: good morning guys thanks for
0: having me on yeah no problem thanks for joining us uh it's it's only been I think what under two weeks since you've taken the job how's the seat feeling in how you feeling uh, welcome back to the Mac as well
2: well thank you and you're exactly right it has been a whirlwind uh 11 twelve days whatever it is now uh, but exciting and every single day uh, being around these players. Uh, being on this campus community, getting out and about a little bit in in Buffalo when I have, and even getting on the road recruiting earlier this week. It just makes me more optimistic and more encouraged and, and even more energetic about where we can go with this program Um, just so much potential so much positivity people are super friendly super supportive Uh, so we got a lot of work ahead of us there's no doubt about that but I am very encouraged by what I'm seeing so far
0: and coach I mean and you brought it up right there and it's it's kind of a fun saying but like being a a college football head coach is, is a 365 day job What's that like taking over a program and immediately hitting the ground running and going to recruiting? Does it almost give you that exhilaration, the adrenaline rush, or is it a little bit nerve-wracking almost?
2: Well, here's the thing. Most coaching changes take place in December. So you get hired, let's say, mid-December. You have two or three weeks to put your staff together to get your strength and conditioning program in place. And then based on when the semester might start – you 're either going out on the road recruiting, and then your players return for the spring semester or vice versa. Maybe the semester starts a little earlier. You get to meet the team and then go out on the road recruiting. Well, imagine all of those things happening in the course of one week. I fly in here uh, last Sunday night, you know land at ten thirty at night i 'm meeting new players on Monday. Uh, On Tuesday, it's uh, a press conference, team meetings, basketball game, meeting some of our biggest donors at a basketball game. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, player meetings, individual meetings with every single guy. You're hiring coaches. You're making some tough decisions on on people that are here, whether you're going to retain them or move in a different direction. And all that time, you're still recruiting and getting ready to get out on the road and hopefully get – get a a good number of coaches out for the last week of recruiting before you get the signing day. So, so it has been, uh, absolutely crazy. Um, I've got my uh, cell phone down to under 200 messages that I still need to return. And I have been (laughs) pecking away at it religiously uh, up until about midnight every night. So all that being said, um, I've never slept so little and still been so energized during the day. It's just really exciting, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. I can,
0: I can hear it in your voice. You're just saying that. I mean, you're condensing it all into a week, but you still like sound so excited about everything that's going on. What made you want to come back to the mech, to come to Buffalo, after being at South Carolina and Memphis at Rice and, and a number of other schools as well, since your last time uh, in, in the MAC?
2: Well, I always had the, the goal... Of eventually being a head coach again and, and those runs that I had at, at some great programs uh, especially at South Carolina and, and at Memphis when we got a chance to go to the Cotton Bowl uh, I learned a lot you know sometimes when you become a head coach at a young age and you've been a head coach consecutively at three different places uh, you know you know what you know but you know you're not always able to continue to learn the way you want to learn and and so these last several years for me have been awesome to see a lot of different ways of doing things at different places some big programs uh, some some bigger state schools things of that nature and uh, now I feel like I have almost a PhD <laughs> coming back to be a head coach again to a place that I'm very familiar with the footprint for recruiting, I'm very familiar with the conference, I'm very familiar with the resources in the group of five, so over that course of time, and I say this with all humility, there have been some other calls regarding head coaching positions, but I wanted to be really, really selective about the one I took, and quite frankly, I had a great job at South Carolina, so I wasn't going to leave for just anything, and this opportunity here at Buffalo Buffalo really checked all the boxes for me.
1: So, Coach, I was looking through some of your stuff on the Ball State website, which is where you were head coach in the MAC for a while. First things first. Your personal information is listed down there. Your birthday. Me and you have the same birthday, which is just awesome. Are you kidding me? Out there. Yeah, are no. I was scrolling me? through and I looked and I was like, that date looks familiar. Oh, that's my birthday too. So I just thought that was hilarious. I had to bring that up.
2: I think Pete Rose and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are yes. right in there too. I might be give or take one day.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right about Kareem. I'm not sure about Pete Rose though, but I think you're right about Kareem. But back back to you know my main point here, like I said, or like Zach said, you're coming back to the Mac now. What was it? Was it? anything about Buffalo while you were making this decision that you experienced while you were playing UB all those years ago, like what kind of brought you here? Like, was it the city? Was it the the program? Like what's your whole goal here, I guess.
2: Yeah. I always thought that Buffalo was a sleeping giant in the Mac. Um, most of the schools in the conference Um, you know, the, the towns are the towns, right? I I lived in Muncie for five years and met some wonderful, wonderful people there. I still keep in touch with a lot of them. I I promise you a lot of them will be coming over here uh, for our game this year. Um, and, and, we keep in touch on a on a weekly basis, but Muncie is not Buffalo relative to um, the size of the city and the vibrancy of the city and and the amenities of the city so we're really, really fortunate when when we bring uh, a recruit here to Buffalo that there's an awful lot to to show to that young man and his family. We've got a phenomenal academic institution so we can attract some really really good students here because of the academic reputation being the flagship of the New York State system and then our geographic location is on the eastern side of the conference so that allows us to go east and to go south up and down Interstate 95 with with all those metropolitan areas and, and those players have to pass by us to go to the other spots in the Mid-American Conference. So I, I think we are situated really, really nicely um, to not only compete for recruits against the other places in the conference, but even those other Group of Five schools that are in the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic.
0: On the Western Hotline, UB football coach Pete Lembo, and Coach, you you were just mentioning it, it a ton there with recruiting and college football has radically changed over the past few years. Uh, very different from your final year in Ball State in 2015. What can you tell us kind of about the NIL opportunities that are coming in UB or, or what you've seen so far, and kind of what your plan is to a- attack that kind of the the new landscape as as you will in in college football.
2: Absolutely. So. Uh, Mark Allnut and I uh, have been in conversations about that really even as far back as, as when uh, the search process was going on and, and I eventually got hired, uh, which by the way was handled so professionally and so efficiently, uh, just really first class, uh, first impressions for, for me of our athletic department administration here and they've been super every day since we've been here, just very committed and, and uh, very helpful. Um, but there's no doubt that we have to get to a point where we have some kind of NIL program. And the way I envision that is trying to keep your best players here, right? Um, I, th- there's no way we can you know, argue that we're going to be able to compete with SEC schools and Big Ten schools on the recruiting end of things from an NIL standpoint. But if we have a good player here, uh, let's let's not lose them to a marginally better program. Uh, and if we can reward performance and, and help a guy stay here and finish his career here, I think that would be a real feather in our cap. Uh, and then potentially uh, for some guys coming out of the portal, if we have some, some real uh, important needs because maybe you've lost a player at a certain position and you don't want to just replace them with a freshman. You want somebody who's played some college football before to step in. Um, you know, if if you can get some assistance there to get a guy uh, to come to Buffalo, then then that would be really positive. So so I envision it uh, going in a direction that I think it was initially intended to do, which is to reward performance. It quickly morphed into basically inducements on the recruiting side and and that's what's kind of given it a black eye but but the 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 good news the good part of it is if a guy performs uh, he should be able to be rewarded for that performance and again you talk about the size of the institution the success of the alumni the support in the city of buffalo I hope that we'll be able to get some of those things up and running perhaps a little bit easier here than they might happen elsewhere.
1: So, Coach, with South Carolina, you were the special teams coordinator. And, you know, a lot of the times now we've been seeing special teams coordinators get get head coaching positions. But one thing that I was wondering is, with that being, you know, under your belt, are you more of a offensive, defensive-minded coach? Like, what's your coaching philosophy?
2: Yeah, I would say as a head coach, I'm more of a CEO that tries to stay involved in all three phases of the game. Uh, if you go way back uh, to to when I was in my 20s, uh, I started off as an offensive line coach. I coached tight ends. I was very involved uh, in the offense, uh, even at Lehigh and and at Elon. But as as uh, my role as a head coach continued to evolve, you know, and you're trying to build programs at places and get different projects up off the ground, maybe they're facility oriented or or other kinds of resources for the program. It, it, it makes it really hard to be in sort of a coordinator type role in one aspect. So. That's where the special teams um, really grew for me as a head coach, because it gives you a chance to hands-on coach just about every single player in the program. And I really developed a passion for it. And in some of those programs I was at, like Ball State, like Elon, where you've got to do more with less. Uh, special teams ended up being a real difference maker for us, and and being a way that we could win some games every year that maybe on paper we weren't supposed to. Um, so then it was just a natural evolution for me when I decided to go back and be an assistant coach, to to take on the special teams, and and uh, and I loved it. Uh, you know, we, we had some tremendous years at Maryland. We we had some top ranked special teams units uh, in the top twenty. In the country and in the Big Ten, two years, and then at Memphis, we we finished the 19 season first or second ranked special teams. Two years ago at at South Carolina, we were the top ranked unit in the country. So I say that in all humility. That's that's players buying in, and that's uh, coaches supporting you. That's support from the head coach. Uh, to make special teams important, um, and then for me it was, it was about managing it, and I think the fact that I was a head coach all those years uh, helped me make that transition well. So one thing I can promise you, um, you know, we're going to put a great emphasis on that here, and uh, I've got a, a new special teams coach who's been with me before who's actually starting work today. So we'll be getting that stuff up and running this spring, and I'm excited about where it can go.
0: Love to hear it, Coach. Thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. I know as as you detailed it coming in, you are uh, hitting the ground running. You're, you know, trial by fire and all that stuff. It's been a blast to talk to you. Good luck this year uh, and can't wait to see everything that's coming forward. You you sound like you've really got it down, Coach. Thank you so much again for today. And get some shut-eye. You're going to need it. This is a 365-day job. You know that as well.
2: Appreciate it, guys. We're all in it together and looking forward to building a lot of strong connections in the community.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.